Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And good morning, Marshfield and the rest of the South Shore of Boston. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Okay, we have a plan today. The plan is that uh, once a year I do a show on public safety and we have uh, numerous representatives from the Marshfield Police Department here this morning and uh, we're going to get into a whole bunch of interesting stuff along the way. And by the way, if you don't live in Marshfield, I'm going to bet we say some things that probably would apply for you anyway. But before we get to that, let's get to the important stuff.
Alrighty, if that was Jimmy Buffett, it must be summer. Well, officially, it's not quite yet summer, but as far less as, than two weeks away. As, as far I think as, we're going to make all it. All right, as far maybe as far as fishing guys <laughs> are, are concerned, it's summer. So if it is summer, I'm hoping we have Scotty Sinclair from Green Harbor Bait and Tackle on the line. Good morning, Scotty. How are you today? Oh, good morning, guys. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been way too long. Hey, Scotty, fill us in. And by the way, Phil Tavares is sitting here, and you might want to give him a couple of tips here while he's here. <laughs> oh, my okay. Goodness, Phil Tavares. <laughs> has the key to where I keep all the tips. <laughs> so we Thanks, keep them happy in this town. We're like the third safest city in the in the country, I think. All righty. What's going on down there? It was a late night at Green Harbor Bait and Tackle last night, um, and we actually met some of Marshfield's finest. They were checking in on, in on us as usual, and we thank you for that. But we were um, preparing for the South Shore Striper Tournament, which we um, were uh, a host for last year. It's a uh, fairly new tournament to the area. It's... Um, all catch and release for striped bass, which is very eco-friendly, and we're always support of that. Um, so these guys are trying to um, catch the the most combined length of striped bass, I believe, and um, they're having sign-ups in at the store today, all day today, and yesterday. And um, looking forward to seeing how everybody does. Um, all right, it's that time of year where. Um, generally on the on the lunar calendar anyway, we can expect a like fairly large um, migrating school of striped bass to show up on the backside of P-Town and it usually lasts a few weeks and um, never as long as anybody wants. But they have yet to arrive on that side of Cape Cod Bay as of this morning, but everyone's anticipating it sometime this weekend. Um, it's just one of those things that nothing is super consistent in fishing, but that's been a steadfast thing the past few years. And the bottom denominator for it happening seems to be the um, consistent um, presence of mackerel. And there's plenty of those over there. There's mackerel right in front of Green Harbor right now, Situate, Plymouth, Duxbury. And, and there's plenty of striped bass um, pursuing these massive schools of mackerel. Um, there seems to be, like, it's dominated right now by um, uh, less than keeper-sized striped bass, like probably, you know, seven. One very experienced fisherman uh, friend of the shop, Sid, Sol- Sid Schultz, said he caught 30 schoolies before he got his first keeper, but that was two weeks ago. And the, the guys, um, guys fishing at night this week have told me they've had great success within Green Harbor itself at catching uh, keeper flounder. And um, striped bass, just like in the 28 to 32-inch range. It's like one of Green Harbor's best-kept secrets, like the fishing within the harbor. Oh, and all right. the young young men and women that are waiting to get out of school are, have, like, mastered it. And they, uh, they've they been in every day after school instead of doing their homework, telling me how they're going to conquer the striped bass this summer. Uh, Some of them have even bigger ambitions, <laughs> but that's one of the um, favorite things of a... Uh, the Green Harbor Bait and Tackle has to offer. It's a friendly environment for any level of experienced fishermen, and we welcome um, first-time fishermen, and we enjoy, like, making them a little more comfortable with the day and figuring out um, dynamic ways to enjoy it with or without um, success in the water. But that's obviously what we're trying to achieve, but um, it doesn't always happen, and that's part of the process. So it's we don't want to be... Um, sad because we had a bad day fishing because we probably can get a valuable lesson out of every day we spend in the water. There you just go. Being able to yeah. do it is just uh, <laughs> it's a blessing. And that's what we're trying. That's the focus today anyway. All righty. Scotty, and, uh, you want to give a shout out to any local anglers who have some notable catches before we let you know? Oh, yeah. My friend, um, my friend would he knows who he is. He's, um, he's, he's part human and part God and seems to set the tone for fishing in this area. And um, he's a uh, behind the mark a little bit, but he got his first keeper this week, and um, he's been waiting his whole career for the 50-pounder, and let's hope it's this weekend. 
All right. Um, if you guys need to come down and you need any more detailed information, um, we're here on Dyke Road, which is also the end of Caswell Street, right next to Green Harbor Marina at 239 Dyke Road. It's Green Harbor Bait and Tackle, and you can call us anytime at 781-834-FISH. Um, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. This is so much fun. I can't believe we're doing this again. Hey, this is great. You, you haven't missed a beat, Scotty. Listen, so you hang in there. We'll catch up with you sometime, okay? I'm going to tune in. You guys get the Marshall's finest there, so I'm going to see what's going on. Sound like a plan. Thanks for checking in on us, Phil. Okay. Right, you guys thanks. are the best. Bye-bye. That was uh, Scotty Sinclair from Green Harbor Bait and Tackle, small business backbone of America. And you can, you know, you can tell somebody who enjoys his job when you listen to him get all excited and enthusiastic. It's pretty cool. So, by the way, under that subject, I'd like to introduce our chief of police, Phil Tavares. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you? All right, thanks. Talk about somebody excited about doing his job. You certainly look like one of those kinds of guys, all right? I, I, certainly, uh, I certainly love it. I'm very fortunate to serve the citizens of Marshfield. Alrighty. All right, so folks, here's the deal. We're going to do a public safety show today. Here we do that about once a year. And uh, Phil, we're going to touch on a, a wide variety of subjects over the next couple hours. And uh, although I'm talking to local Marshfield police officers, I can assure you that uh, a lot of the information we're chatting about here uh, will apply to somebody sitting in situ at Duxbury or Hingham or any other place here. So don't necessarily go away because you think this might be a wicked local show or something like that. All right, so um, so Phil, I'm going to do kind of MC. Uh, how about you touch on some of the areas that we're going to cover over the next couple hours? Just kind of a just big, you know, like an outline description, and then I'll let you introduce whoever you're going to have at the mics for whatever subjects, and we'll kind of go from there. So I'll okay. just kind of sit here. I'll probably ask a question once in a while, but you're you're in charge, okay? So uh, Great. Alrighty. Well, thank you. <laughs> so in the room with us today is uh, Lieutenant Chris Jones, who's uh, assigned to the DEA, uh, Sergeant Brian Ting. Uh, our harbor master Michael DeMeo, our canine officer Rob Reedy, and our detective Greg Davis. All right. So uh, there's a variety of topics we can uh, discuss. Uh, we can talk about uh, a year in review of our last year, our successes, uh, some of the goals uh, that we've accomplished, some of the challenges uh, that we faced. Um, but I think uh, I think it's important that uh, the public know that the police department uh, supervises uh, seven different. De- different departments with seven different budgets. So it's the police department, emergency management, the harbor master department, the clam flats, animal control, the animal inspector, and the beaches, all the lifeguards, parking lots, and snack bars. So uh, having seven departments keeps us extremely busy. That sounds like a little empire for Crown. Well, I suppose it's job security, right? Yeah, it's true. So the, uh, our fiscal year uh, starts off July 1st, and uh, it's the busiest time of the year for us um, with the summer here and the increase in population that we have. And typically... Uh, July- by the way, how much is that? What, what does that population go to? It, it's, it's always just been a guess, yeah. uh, but we believe it's between ten and 15,000, an increase. Add on to the 25 or 7 in Marshfield? Yeah, officially yeah. There's, there's probably 26,000. Officially, unofficially, okay. year-round, there's more like 30,000 people. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it goes up uh, over 40,000. You can tell that when you head down to Grant, Brent Rock, can't you? Certainly. In the summer. <laughs> and then try to get from Brent Rock to Hummer Rock. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, in the traffic. <laughs> Um, So uh, what I'm pleased about is, uh, you know, another year went by, and uh, we're in year 24 without any union grievances. Uh, There's been 
Nobody out injured on duty. There's been no ethics complaints, no NCAB complaints. Uh, nobody was uh, abusing their sick time, and uh, the union worked hard with the police department, administration, and uh, we gave back over $100,000 to the citizens. Wow. All quiet on the home front from your point of view. There, Absolutely. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, we've got a good group of people that uh, you know, work hard uh, each and every day. We also were able to collect over uh, collect 100% of our detail billing, which sometimes can be uh, problematic. Um, not everybody likes to pay their bills, yep. but uh, we were able to collect 100% of the detail billing, and 10% of that is a surcharge. So it, it uh, makes the uh, the town uh, anywhere from 50 to 100 thousand okay. uh, dollars. The surcharge involved, so uh, that's a revenue um, push for us. Yeah. Okay. We have uh, we're budgeted for 47 full-time offices, and we have uh, approximately 12 part-time offices. That eventually, um, if it works out they'll be the pool that we draw from uh, to become full-time offices. Are those for summer duty only or are they going all year? How does that work? They supplement our full-time staff yeah. on a year-round basis when our full-time offices are either unavailable or they've turned down the work. Okay. Uh, but they go through uh, you know, field training with us. They have to go through the part-time academy and they just supplement our, our um, full-time staff. A lot of times you'll see them doing details or, or riding in a cruiser with somebody else. Oh, yeah, like, that's like the taxi squad on the Patriots then, right? People yeah. ready to go. Basically. Yeah, the farm team. Yeah, yeah farm team. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So our, our uh, fiscal year starts off, uh, like I said, July 1. So July 3rd is our busiest night of the year where every officer uh, is on duty. Uh, and we have uh, the Sheriff's Department and matrons come in to assist us with the uh, loud crowds of people because we do at that point have over 100,000 people in town. Whoa, I didn't know that. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. The town of Marshfield has been um, bonfires since uh, the late 70s uh, because of the problems that we had with them, uh, the injuries and the fires uh, to houses and, and so on and so forth. But uh, fireworks and uh, public drinking still remain uh, a problem. Yep. However, uh, this July 3rd and 4th was relatively safe uh, with very few arrests. The town of Situate closed the public portion of Humrock Beach on July 3rd, which was great because it alleviated uh, a lot of problems in the north end of Marshfield. Okay, sure. Okay, yeah. In, in the past, um, you know, most of the beach areas are down south in Marshfield. And then uh, when all the people would come over the bridge on the north part of Marshfield into the Humrock area, uh, it would, it would, we'd have to like split our resources between oh, yeah. the north end of town yeah, and the south end of town. Gotta be going there to get there sort of a thing. And Yeah, I get it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Levitate Music Festival um, has been coming to town. We had 17,000 people there on Saturday and Sunday uh, last July, and I'm proud to say that there were no arrests, there were no fights, and with that amount of people, uh, it was it, the, the whole show was amazing. Right. And then we had the, the fair, the Marshfield Fair, and uh, unfortunately, um, last year marked the 10-year anniversary of uh, Duxbury Police Officer Mel Dyer's passing. Um, he was struck by a motor vehicle while directing traffic at the Marshfield Fair, and uh, last year was the 10-year the anniversary. Whoa. And uh, over the summer, uh, the Equalizer 2 came out, and portions of that were filmed in different locations here in Marshfield. Uh, the uh, end of the movie, the final end of the movie, was filmed in Brent Rock, and that, uh, that came out in July. Did I see you make a cameo appearance in that movie, by the way? Yes, you did. <laughs> it was a nice little surprise. Okay, yeah, this career doesn't work out. You can do something else, right? Okay. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> might be a nice retirement kid. <laughs> but while we're talking about uh, the water and uh, summertime, um, our harbor master, Michael DeMeo, is here. Uh, last year, he made commander after 28 years in the United States Coast Guard. And uh, we also had a ribbon cutting uh, ceremony for the Maritime Center that he worked right. very hard for. 
I'd uh, I'd like him to. Uh, yesterday was his birthday too. So happy birthday, Michael! <laughs> he, he's officially three months older than me. All right. <laughs> uh, Michael, would you like to uh, talk about some of the stuff that's going on down at the harbor? Some of the exciting things: Harbor Park, Harbor Walk, um, the dredging, the jetties. All right, here he comes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good to see you. Happy to be here. Alrighty. Um, yeah, you probably don't need those unless yeah. we have a call, but it won't hurt. Okay, go ahead. Uh, by the way, folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. Uh, if you have a question for any of our guests, our telephone number is 781-837-4900. And I have my burner phone here that's officially our text-to-the-show phone. So if you don't want to call, which is okay, uh, if you'd like to text, I'll, I promise I'll try to pay attention to this, 781-775-0116. If you have a question that you didn't want to ask in person for whatever reason, you can do that as well. So once again, uh, call and talk radio show if you'd like to chat, 781-837-4900 and 781-775-0116. Mr. DeMeo, good to see you after a few months, by the way. Good morning. So what's going on down the harbor, Mike? Well, this is the first big boating weekend. If you drove in this morning, nice and sunny outside. Yeah. I've seen a lot of boats heading to the boat ramps, going across the bridge and uh, heading down the Green Harbor. So I think a summer's officially here, not on the calendar, but mm. as far as boating weather, I think we're here. So with that, it's always boating safety on the water. The water's still cold. The water's 57 degrees. People are very happy to be on the water. <laughs> but not oh, in the water. <laughs> however, you still got to be prepared. Yeah. And, and uh, we talked about this before, that preparation starts well away from the boat ramp and marinas at, you know, checking the weather and tides before you even get down to the boat, maintenance on your boat. You know, this time of year, people are just getting on the boat for the first time. So sometimes a little rusty, you know, yeah. operating the boat and making sure all the safety gear is on the boat, those kind of checks. So, And also, too, making sure your crew members that are on your boat know where the safety gear is, know how to operate the uh, VHF radio, things like that. And maybe um, a little test cruise before you start taking company out or something like that. Little test cruises, yeah. good, a little yeah. shakedown cruise, as we call it. Yeah. But, you know, as we know in the, in the business, the uh, captain's only good as his crew. So the captain can know everything, but if something happens to the captain, the boat has to return to port somehow, some way. So. Yeah. By the way, the, the ramp in Green Harbor is like one of the busiest in the state. Is that correct? Would yes, we're probably number two or three in the state, uh, state of Massachusetts for the busiest boat ramp. And a lot of that drives because our location, the Mass Bay, Cape Cod Bay, 14 miles of Stowagon Bank. Yeah. Okay. So we have good location. You know, I, I always say Green Harbor is not a big harbor, but it's the economics that Green Harbor brings to the Commonwealth and the uh, international exports is huge. It's over millions of dollars. We're number two, three, or four in Atlantic Bluefin tuna each year, lobsters four or five each year so uh, which is why it's an economic boom for us in the commonwealth but we also get a lot of federal funding with dredging and projects and things like that which i can talk for hours on yeah so you know green harbor is a small port but if, if we it, didn't it have it that produces. commercial fleet we, uh, that fleet we wouldn't get as much attention from the federal government right that's Pro where they're probably that's, probably not yeah that's where their priorities yeah. are i mean basically. we just finished yeah. a dredging project april may this year the army corps moved about eighteen thousand cubic yards of sediment and arrows which everybody knows about However, we are moving forward with the Army Corps with the 216 study draft is now complete. So in the future, those Green Harbor jetties could be repaired once and for all. So it, it will get done. This is the third attempt at that in the last 50 years or so. Let's hope it works yeah. this time, well, right? That's why I'm here, to get yeah. it done. There you go. All right. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you. Anything uh, you want to add about uh, the harbor, the extension of the harbor walk? 
Yeah, so the Harbor Walk started back in 2015 with Harbor Walk and Harbor Park. Harbor Walk is a 4,400-foot linear feet Harbor Walk. Then you have a Harbor Park right adjacent to that in the town pier, obviously. So this summer, we're going to extend across from Peter Argo Park down to Green Harbor Marina, which is another 1,500 linear feet linking in the whole entire harbor, linking in the Green Harbor Village um, right down to the school. So all the kids from that side of the town can safely cross the dike yeah, and nice. go to the park, play tennis, play basketball. Yeah. Um, canoe kayak at Peter Igo and come right down the Green Harbor as well. So we're also adding uh, uh, kayak and canoe racks for Peter Igo and the town pier for some people for <laughs> under a, a state grant, which is generated from the saltwater licenses. So all that money that everybody pays for saltwater licenses is coming back to communities. So this year we got a grant, small grant for five thousand, and we're building some kayak racks for people to have access to the water. Yeah, there's a nice vibrant area in the summer. There's lots of stuff going. Certainly on in the is. Park that, that's yeah, cool. that's the economics of the whole harbor. But yeah. the harbor walk in the park and the new maritime center benefits everybody. It benefits the businesses. It brings people to the area, whether others like it or not. Um, you know, Marshall has prime real estate and waterfront, and uh, that part of town should be the focal point. Um, this year, we also taught our first boating class in the new Maritime Center, so that was a, a great hit. All right. Um, we're, we, we've hosted many Coast Guard search rescue uh, trainings there this year, and we're also going to um, host the Stop the Bleed training for uh, first responders, uh, harp masters, and uh, lifeguards for uh, with all the latest shark attacks and shark buzz in the area. So just trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit, curve a little bit with training for that stuff. Also, that, that kind of training with the tourniquets is also good for propeller strikes and things like that. So you can never be too prepared. So N Nice to have a new place, a nice home to do that stuff in, right? Yeah, it's nice. After, it's beautiful. After many years, right? right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And you know, uh, it's it's not always shocks that we find in the water. Uh, this last, uh, over the last year, uh, working with Metrolec uh, Maritime Special Response Unit, the Situa Police, Norwell Police, and Quincy Police Department, we discovered 17 vehicles uh, dumped underwater at the uh, Union Street Bridge. Whoa! Uh, on primarily on the Norwell side, but um, we worked with Norwell. Uh, Mike was uh, up there for that operation. You want to explain some of that, Mike? Were most it, of those cars, or were they bicycles? Or I mean, no, they were vehicles? they were motor vehicles. Motor vehicles. Yes. Seventeen. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. So. That's the chief alluded to with the, the Metrolec Maritime Unit, which created under two years ago. It's, um, it's basically there. It's regional assets of pooling people together. So you, you get more done regionally, which is the same with grants, too. Yep. So we had the ability to call Situart, uh, Qu Quincy, Norwell, Plymouth, um, and ask for resources, even uh, boat crew members, boats, equipment. Like Quincy brings a lot to the table with sonar, underwater um, robots. So what we did in Norwell is we we sonar the whole area, had 17 targets. We sent the robot down. They identified that yes, there were cars in there, and then we actually put divers down into the river, which is kind of tricky with the tides up there. Oh yeah. But we're able to remove one vehicle that was near the bridge because yeah. the kids jumped there, you know, whether it's good w wisely or, wisely or not, right? Right. <laughs> so, but. Norwell was very positive to have that one removed, which we did. You know, it's a costly expense to get rid of those cars as well. But other cars that were in there, they were below six feet. They weren't creating a hazard navigation Whoa. based on the size of vessels that operate up there. And the vehicles were re really, really old, rusty. So you do more damage moving them ah, okay. versus, you know, leaving them in place and let them let them rust. It was probably so, good practice for all those safety personnel too. It was right? great practice. Training so, exercise, yeah, yeah. You know, that's it's a good exercise. So, I mean, the region is pretty sound with uh, available resources. So, if we get like a major search and rescue operation, we can have six, seven boats, including the Coast Guard, within a matter of under an hour. 
cool. So even and this goes out to ponds, lakes as well, which, which we have done as well. So <laughs> it's not just the ocean side; it's also ponds, lakes, river streams that we can pull those resources and put the best people in the right places. Should we have him make a few shack comments before he leaves, <laughs> as we say in Green Hub? Yes. Well, okay. So, so uh, what's going on with all those white sharks, by the way? <laughs> okay. Well, so Marshall got into the uh, the shark, not tagging business, Biz- but business shark business, along with <laughs> along with other soft shark communities down the Cape as well. Last year was a very busy, tra- tragic year, as we know. Yeah. Um, the sharks aren't going away. I don't care what kind of net you put out there. I don't care what kind of acoustics. You know, the seals drive the source of the sharks. Until all the seals are gone, the problem's going to continue. Yeah, and get worse probably, right? Right. Yeah. So with that said, Marshall alone last year had an increase from 17 to 2018 of 1,100% on our on our buoys. And that's tag sharks. Yeah, that's so, the, and that, that's a very small percentage right. of what might so, be out there. I mean, yeah, basically, yeah. we went from 27 detections in 2017 to 299 in 2018. And how many sharks do they have tagged in total, do you know? Uh, 144. Okay, so, wow. Not okay. a lot, and, and but those we, are the ones that are tagged as well, and, not the ones that are yeah. happen to come by. Some say it's a 5 to 1 ratio of tagged versus untagged. Wow. But it's also awareness. I mean, the sharks have always been there. Yeah. I think now with more people are more educated to it through the Sharktivity app. If you don't have that, you should download the uptick, uh, Sharktivity app. Yeah. But it's also economy-driven, too, where there's more people on the water. People are more educated seeing sharks and fins on the water. Yeah. Most shark sightings for great whites are false. 99% of them are false. And a lot of times, it's a basking shark yep. or a sunfish. So. Got to be careful out there, right? Absolutely. So, right. But in Marshall, we, we investigate every, every fence site on the beach, so we have our own protocols in place with the lifeguard, the beaches, police fire, so it's pretty uh, pretty solid. A protocol you didn't have a few years ago, I guess, right, Chief? That's uh, right. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, we've actually even enhanced uh, our sighting program because uh, one of our detectives, uh, Todd Goodwin, is now a certified FAA uh, drone pilot. Oh, wow. So okay. we purchased a drone. And we can get that up uh, in the air uh, relatively quickly and uh, put that out over the ocean and scan our beach areas, um, you know, looking yeah, for wow. any shock activity. Wow. If there's any, any reports by it. So we can, we'll have the Harbor Master boats out there, but we'll also have, uh, you know, an unmanned aircraft uh, that can uh, hover over our beach areas and, you know, ensure to keep the swimmers safe. Cool, nice, nice. Uh, we're coming up on a break. Mike, you got anything you want to add before we... No, just thanks for having us. Hey, appreciate listen, it. I appreciate you guys having around here. Let's go. We're back. This is 95.9 FM WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. We're having a public safety show today with the uh, Marshfield Police Department. But before we get back to that couple of quick announcements. Number one, I want to give a shout out to the Marshfield Food Pantry. Uh, they need our help. Uh, they do a lot of good things for a whole lot of people who live in Marshfield. And so please help them out with a, a donation of food or money. You can send your tax-deductible donation to the Marshfield Food Pantry, Post Office Box 1907, Marshfield, Massachusetts, 02050. Or you can drop off donations and or money uh, at their uh, new facility at uh, Library Plaza in downtown. Marshfield, where you can visit them at 
marshfieldfoodpantry.org. Okay, two more things. Uh, next Saturday, uh, Alyssa and Kirk will be uh, talking with uh, Pat Harridan from Arthur J. Gallagher Benefits about health care reform proposals. Folks, we uh, we do a lot of talking in this country about different kinds of health care things and uh, the, the latest and greatest and what's going on and what might happen. Uh, so if you have any interest in that, that would be next week's show. And then... Uh, Two weeks from today, Saturday, June 22nd, I'm going to do a show. It's kind of, I haven't got the title quite fixed as, as best, but I'm going to call it for now Death of a Loved One. Uh, uh, what are the steps you need to take when a loved one passes away? And I'll be talking with uh, Brendan McNamara, no relation, from uh, McNamara Sparrow Funeral Home uh, in uh, in Cohasset. Uh, my mom passed away about a year and a half ago, and uh, I went through that process for the first time. And uh, there's probably some folks out there uh, that either, well, that I'm sure will be kind of going through that whole process. And it's kind of an emotional time. So Brendan was a, a very good guy, took good care my my mom and my parent and my uh, family and uh, so we're gonna have on the show and we're gonna talk about all the things that are involved uh, once a loved one passes away and believe me it's uh, it's like a long obstacle course and uh, you're not in the right mood to do that so uh, for whatever that's worth that's the show in two weeks okay uh, this is a call and talk radio show we're talking uh, with members of the Marshfield Police Department about public safety issues and uh, our telephone number here at WATD is 781-837-4900 and I have my I like to call it my burner phone. That probably doesn't have like a positive connotation sitting here with six police officers. I hope but we're not going to have to it, investigate it, you, Michael. <laughs> well, uh, but I, I think, I don't even know how to work this, but the, if you'd like to text us, because we have all these police guys in the room here, it's a 781-775-0116, and I think I'm able to open the phone and check your text, folks, if you'd like to do that. Anyway, so so Filter Virus is our, our, my, my co-MC today here, so where are we heading next there, sir? What area would you like to chat about here. Okay, sure. Well, first off, uh, Michael, uh, I want the public to know that uh, you will not show us the phone number that uh, the text comes from. Ah, so, okay. okay. I didn't so. even think about that. See, okay, yeah, it's secret stuff, folks. Okay. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about safety. So uh, a couple times uh, throughout the year, you know, I really um, have concern. That's during prom season and graduation, uh, graduation night. So today is graduation day for Marshfield High School seniors. Um, I wish them the best of luck and congratulate them. Um, on, uh, you know, making it to their big day. But there's a lot of volunteers that will be working uh, tonight through uh, tomorrow morning uh, at Grad Night Live. And Grad Night Live um, is, a, is a program that was de- developed a number of years ago uh, that's been extremely successful in keeping our kids safe on one of the uh, most dangerous nights of the year, their graduation night. Thankfully, there's a lot of things like this going around the South Shore. That's right. Yeah, good. Yep. Yeah. It's been in place in Marshfield for a long time now, and uh, there's so many people in our community that are involved in it to volunteer their time. So essentially, uh, the people in the community um, and the police uh, and the schools uh, will be uh, available from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., and the kids will be locked uh, inside the school. Uh, where they'll be safe, where they'll enjoy all kinds of activities with their friends, and uh, they'll be supervised, and um, and then uh, they'll wake up the next uh, morning um, alive, alive, <laughs> and uh, be able to enjoy the the rest of the summer. But uh, that's that's happening tonight, and Grad Night Live uh, helps keep the kids in our community safe, and I'd like to thank them for that. Uh, as you know, uh, well, maybe you don't know, but uh, according to Neighborhood Scout. Uh, in 2014, the town of Marshfield was rated 79th safest in the United States of America with a population of over 25,000 people or more. 
In 2015, uh, we were rated the 61st safest. In 2016, we were rated the 36th safest. In 2017 and in 2018, we were rated the 14th safest. And in 2019, we were rated the sixth safest community in the United States of America. Wow. Um, and there isn't just one reason for that. Uh, there's there's, there's oh. got to be a whole lot of uh, questions on that test, I'm going to guess, right? A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, But truly, uh, you've heard it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it, it, it does take an entire community to keep itself safe. And uh, Marshfield is full of caring uh, community members um, that are just really good, solid citizens. And we're real proud to work with them um, and have a real strong partnership with them, which I believe helps keep our community safe. All right. The, our geography helps keep our community safe because, uh, you know, we're bordered by the Atlantic Ocean on one side, and there are only a few ways in and out of town. So if you come to town to commit a crime, chances are you'll be caught because we know where to look for you. We have a high clearance rate for crimes that are committed, and um, there's a whole bunch of faith-based and civic organizations in town, um, including Grad Night Live, that help uh, keep our uh, citizens safe. Technology's helped us. Um, all of our town departments working uh, in conjunction with one another uh, help uh, keep us safe. And, you know, we practice, um, you know, we're risk managers. Yep. So we we believe, we truly believe that most things that are predictable are preventable. Not always, but yep. most of the time. And, um, you know, and the town, just making a guess, it, the town's big enough to have resources, but not so big you can't coordinate or keep the, you know, small is probably better, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So there's a number of different things we do uh, within the police department with our directed patrols and our community policing efforts and our early intervention with the children in our schools and, you know, with the Boys and Girls Club and and uh, things like that that uh, help com- keep our community safe. All right. Um, one of our, uh, one of our um, other members of the police department that helps keep us safe is our canine, Benny. Uh, Rob Reedy's here with us, and uh, Benny's been able to uh, track down uh, missing people, and um, I believe on more than uh, one occasion has uh, saved the life of the person that was missing due to the uh, adverse conditions that uh, they faced at the time. Rob, you want to talk a little bit about the canine program that we have and, you know, when it was instituted? Sure, absolutely. By by the way, a a week or two ago after the radio show, just for yucks, I went out the driveway and went right. Did I see you down there with Benny doing something? I do, I do. I train a lot back here. I should have stopped. It had to be you, I guess, but okay. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot of training back here. Karma's way, um, you know, typical set in, you know. So, yeah, so after 33 years, um, approximately... Five years ago, when Chief Tavares became chief, he wanted to bring back the canine program. Um, and luckily, we got it. And um, so, five years ago, I began training with Benny, went down to Pennsylvania. I picked him up. He's from Holland in the Netherlands. Oh, wow. Um, he's a six and a, six and a half year old German shepherd. Does he speak English now? Or uh, <laughs> I speak German to him. All the commands are in German. So. But he listens to me. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, I went down to Pennsylvania and picked him up and brought him back. And then um, he's, like I said, six years old. He's 97 pounds. He's a big boy. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but he's kept on a, a rigid diet um, just because he is a working dog. And he does a lot more than what your average pet would do. You put him in different circumstances. Yeah, so what are the different things he, he does? So the first part of it is he's patrol. Patrol means like... I'll assist officers with whether it be a missing child, a someone that broke into a house, someone that broke into a motor vehicle, trying to search for people. Yeah. 
Uh, I get the I get the question a lot. Does Benny know the good guy from the bad guy? Uh, no. All he picks up is on human scent. Okay. So from human scent, like if someone broke into a house and they saw the person run, so I would ask them, say, did you see the person run? They say, yeah. Where where did you see him run to? And then I do a starting point, and Benny picks up on human odor from ground disturbance. Whoa, whoa. So that's how we yeah. train. Yeah. And that's why back when you see me walking back yeah. here, yeah. Um, I like put a tr- what we call a track, a training track out. Which, oh, okay. So every footstep, I'll put food in a footstep. So not only is he taking in the human odor, yeah. he's taking in the food, so it gives the dog, gives him a positive. Oh, and yeah. at the end of the track, uh-huh, little, he gets fed. A little reward there. Yeah, huh? little okay, reward. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, so every day I either do something, train him with, on so whether it just be obedience, um, evidence recovery. Okay. Uh, evidence recovery, we call it article search, where you throw something out in the middle of a field, you let it sit there for a couple of minutes because over time the odor will span huh. out. Wow! So what he does is he takes in the environment and he searches for that article until something that doesn't fit the environment. Ah, uh, okay. So and when he does, he finds it. He gets fed. So <laughs> trust me, he doesn't starve. So he's, at n- all. he's ninety-seven pounds. Ninety-seven pounds. Okay, right? He yeah. does not starve. <laughs> so, so do you have like working arrangements with other towns? Does he get called yeah. out of town? Or oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm okay. part of the uh, the Metro X SWAT team. Okay. Uh, the canine oh, part of it. So okay. we have on that on the canine side of it, we have about about nine to ten uh, canines. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, and so actually, we did a, tra- uh, a mass training with um, uh, the, the Worcester SWAT team. Um, Semlek, um, Nemlek, out in, um, I believe it was out in like Franklin, that area of like a critical incident yeah. where we okay. simulated an active shooter. Okay. Um, in a in a college setting, so it was good training for us. Yep. But it, what's good about it is that I can bring my experience of seeing it and being in it back to our police department mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and the, hang, the, hanging around with other guys with dogs has got to be helpful too. I would assume. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, okay. the dog, you yeah. know, especially in the heat, dogs yeah. do get tired. Yeah, yeah, they do get tired. Yeah. Um, but I assist, I assist other departments like uh, Situate, uh, Norwell. I mean, I've the other day I had to go out to Walpole for a missing dementia Whoa. person that walked away from the home. Whoa. Thank, thankfully, he was found. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what we, we, we do quite a bit. You've also uh, helped with uh, searching the uh, prisons. Yeah, yeah, okay. search of the prisons too. Oh, cool. Like if down at um, Plymouth County House of Correction, they just recently did it. They what they call a shakedown. Huh. Uh, try to keep the drugs out of the prison because uh, Benny is dual trained. Wow. Yeah. Okay. By the way, so let's see. We have a text that I saw, uh, and the, for the and we have a caller. So we'll do the text real quickly. Uh, is there a minimum height requirement to be a police officer? Uh, no, there's not. Alrighty, we took care of that text. And Thank goodness for me. We have a <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Judy from Marshfield. Uh, good morning, Judy. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? All right. How can we help you? What's on your mind? Good. Uh, two things. Um, sometimes when we're riding in cars and there's a police detail, it's very difficult to see what the hand signals are. So we would highly recommend that the officers wear white or reflective gloves fluorescent gloves so you can really see what they're signaling you to do yeah and the other thing was by the way let's let's uh, judy let's stop sure. on that one uh police uh, uh, yeah uh, phil do you have a response to that uh, 
I've yeah. seen cops in movies with white gloves doing traffic. But. Yeah, I would have to agree with her. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, it is very difficult to see uh, if the officers uh, trying to stop you all wave you on, and uh, anything that can enhance uh, the signaling uh, is something that we'll definitely take a look at. Oh, so I'm so glad she brought that to all our right, attention. All right, Judy, I, I think that you got to get some activity there on that request. Uh, all right. <laughs> And exactly along that same line, last night there was an issue on, um, it happened to be Damon's Point Road where there was a, a telephone pole halfway down. And at night, the police car lights were flashing so brightly that it was impossible to see that the officer sitting in the car was actually waving his hand for me to go around. And it wasn't until I crept with the car really close to him that I could see that. So again, it, there has to be an understanding that with all those flashing lights, you really can't see somebody's arms sticking out the window. So huh. no, that's that's uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I I, I think uh, when you go by some some office and in Florida as well, all those lights are are kind of they can be scary. Maybe there's some middle of the road between overwhelming and you, you're really nervous versus whatever. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Right. I've, I've thought about that. Like it's almost too much sometime when you see it. But super, uh, Judy, do you have any other questions while we got you here? The other point is that I think the police are wonderful, and thank you for all that you do, and uh, keep it up. We, we applaud you and try to help in any way we can. Well, thank you for your tips. Uh, we'll definitely be looking into that, and uh, maybe uh, uh, a reminder to the officers to use uh, the reflective vests or uh, flashlight at night if they have to direct traffic would be helpful as well. Hey, thanks for the call, Judy. Okay. Thank you. All right, take Bye. care. That wasn't your mother or anything like that. No, right? I don't know no. who that was. No. Okay, just I'm checking. glad she called, though. <laughs> I sure, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, huh? it, it, I'll, I welcome uh, anybody to call. Yeah, let me do this again. Folks, this is a uh, call and talk radio show. If you have a question or comment uh, for the Marshfield Police, uh, this is your special day. Our telephone number is 781-837-4900. If you want to text, son of a gun, I've got one of those. 781-775-0116. Okay, already. Uh, folks, uh, what's, uh, all right, so I'm sorry, we were talking talking about Benny. So anything else? Uh, I mean, so he does people and drugs. Is that basically correct? Uh, yeah, so he's, he's dual trained, but he doesn't do people. He because, doesn't do people. Yeah, okay. because he is a dog that is trained to um, apprehend a suspect. Ah, okay. Of a okay. That's a polite word of saying okay. bite. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So we try to, cool, we, 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 don't, we don't do people. Okay. We, Has he done that a few times or what? Uh, um, apprehend? Uh, just once. Wow. Yeah, just once. All right. Yep. So, so I, I read about, you used to have dogs like a very long time ago in Marshfield or something, and then, they, and then you didn't. And yes, then, so yeah, I, okay. I took over okay. as chief uh, just about uh, seven years ago. Yeah. And um, for the previous 33 years, uh, the uh, police department had gone without uh, a canine program, <coughs> just basically due to budget cuts. Yeah, okay. At that time, um, which uh, we had uh, two canines. Okay, so yeah. that, that was pretty cool. Well, yeah. way, way back when, basically. That's right. Okay, yeah. And um, uh, while we, while the program was, uh, was not in place, we had to rely on mutual aid from uh, our surrounding departments and from the state police and from the sheriff's department. But we found that we were calling almost on a daily basis, and um, it's 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 quite a burden to put that onto other communities. And yeah. sometimes the uh, the animals wouldn't be available. So, uh, you know, uh, we uh, got together uh, with uh, several members of the command staff and decided that it was the right time to try to um, reinstitute the canine program. But we did it uh, by seeking private donations. 
So this wasn't funded by the uh, public initially. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. the whole program was uh, funded by private donations for um, the, the uh, Benny uh, was, I believe he was a uh, little over $8,000, wasn't he? Uh, yep, about $8,000 yeah, okay. he was, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, there's veterin veterinarian bills, there's food, there's training, there's cost for training, there's special equipment. Uh, at the time, we used an old um, Ford Explorer uh, with a cage that we got from the Sheriff's Department, and we kind of fit it in there. And it was a little bit of piecemeal, but it got the program up and running yeah. uh, to where we're at now, and it's been extremely yeah. successful. And people saw, saw how successful it was and got That's funded right. from there. Yeah, nice. So cool. there is yeah. absolutely, without a doubt, um, you know, Officer Reedy and K-9 Benny have saved uh, lives on, on more than one occasion. Yeah. No question about it. And um, prevented uh, fleeing suspects and mm -hmm. apprehended uh, the bad guys. And, and he goes home with you, is that correct? He goes home with me. Yep. Cool. So I did, I did <laughs> as, as Chief was alluding to, you know, private donations. Yeah. So w what I did is I set up a 501c3 um, nonprofit yeah. for Benny the K-9. So if we're always looking for donations sure. to help, you yeah. know, supplement the budget by yeah. buying food, his yeah. veterinary bills, and so forth. So, um, if we are five hundred one c three, so cool. if anybody would like to donate, you can. You it's know, okay for commercials. Who exactly. They, who do they call or talk to? They right? can. They get, uh, send a check to the Marshfield Police Department and attention to uh, Rob Reedy. Or just call um, and ask for. Or Benny. just call or <laughs> ask. Yeah. And we do, we do and we also do a lot of demos. Okay. Uh, the public wants to see. Yeah, you're in the school. Yeah. What, what like the yeah, yeah what the canine does. Yeah. Um, they like to see and the kids like to see him in action, as yeah. you say. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'd like to do that. So if anybody needs a demo, any specific groups, I've done them for Cub Scouts, I've done them for all kinds of youth yeah, nice. programs, nice. the Boys and Girls Club. So, you know, we do, it's a lot of combination of community policing yeah, you and... got to do a little marketing once in a while, right? Correct. Okay. correct. <laughs> you know what I found interesting, Mike, when yep. uh, I started uh, learning more about uh, <clears throat> the K-9 program and, and uh, the training that Rob was doing is yep. to create that bond between uh, the canine and its handler. Um, Benny doesn't eat food out of a bowl. Benny eats food directly out of Rob's hand. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. He, so that, uh, yep. you want to hit on that at all? Or? Yeah, yeah. So he's very, <laughs> it, it just it creates a bond and also use it for training. So yeah. like we always say like, it's it's my food to give, not for your food to take. Uh, so that's why we yeah. do it that way. Okay. And it, it has worked. I mean, I train with over 100 agencies from the Sheriff's Department to the Department of Corrections, from towns always out to Worcester, up wow. to Torx Bay. And we all do the same thing. Yeah. And it's been highly, highly effective. And it works. And it was, absolutely wow. works. And that was all a new experience for you, pretty much. Then, yeah, right? it was. Yeah. I was brand new to the program yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Um, I knew nothing about. I mean, I had pets, sure. just dogs, but not yeah. this intense training. Not one of those. <laughs> not one of those. Absolutely. Wow. Cool. And, and, and Mike, one of the other things, I you know, uh, I got to credit uh, Rob's family because y you don't want the dog to have manners. And what I mean by oh, that is, is okay. that when he's in your house, you can't go slobbering all over. Your well, head. no, if the dog, the dog. Will, you want the dog to jump up on your counters. Okay. Right? You want the dog to jump up on furniture and sniff, and yeah. and you, you want this dog to be nosy, yeah. uh, okay. and and okay. go to places that you wouldn't normally want um, your your normal pet to do. Okay. Okay. So, uh, oh, so he practices at, at Rob's house. Well, there's been many occasions. <laughs> he's been many occasions that he's jumped on the counter. Uh, okay. Wow. And I'll be like, oh, oh all right, Benny, oh, let's okay. go. Okay. And my wife will be like, oh. 
<laughs> how's, the, how's the couch doing anyway? Right, the couch is. I tell you what, he's a great pet. Yeah, cool. He's a, not. He's not a pet, but he's a great well, pet at home. Yeah, cool. Um, he's a working dog, but cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else on Benny? That was uh, awesome. I appreciate no, you. No, I think I think yeah. we hit all all yeah. cylinders on Benny. Is he in the car outside? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> don't leave him in the car. But I just want to touch on another note, yeah, especially sure. with the car. Yeah. Um, we get a lot of calls for dogs and cars. Um, Ooh, yeah. Okay. So my car is specially designed um, to alert. If the car gets too hot, all the oh. lights and sirens go off. I okay. have a pager, um, and so it alerts me. Yeah. But you get we we I have to kind of make sure because I don't trust something mechanical could go wrong with the yeah. car. But yeah. Yeah. but the car will alert me. It'll roll down the windows. Um, it, it'll keep him safe. Yeah. So he he is no harm whatsoever. Yeah. The, but but that yeah that yeah. Good, good warning. I mean that, down. It's I spend a little time in Florida yeah. in the winter and every week you see a dog yeah. in a car or die. I mean just really. Yeah. yeah you know, my, sad, yeah. unfortunately, we did have that happen here in Marshfield not too too long ago, yeah. where um, they were trying to do the right thing by leaving the uh, the car running with the doors locked. Uh, with the air conditioner on. Okay. Uh, and the air conditioner ran out of Freona. Uh, and um, uh, unfortunately, the the, uh, the dog did not make it. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's always best not to have them in the car. Yeah. Right. The, the okay. system that Rob has yep. is, uh, you know, the technology that's involved in that. You don't have that in a regular vehicle. Yeah. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming by. I appreciate that. Thanks for having oh, us. Oh, you can hang around, by the way. Oh, I okay, thank you. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so let's see. We have about five minutes for the break. So where, where would you like to travel next there, Chief? Well, before we uh, get into like a major topic that could take some time before the break, we'll just hit some... Look at this. He's got practice doing this, hasn't he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from the best. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd like to uh, thank all of our liquor establishments in town. Um, all the public liquor establishments, whether they're the package stores or, or they're the pouring establishments, um, passed a uh, sting operation uh, with our Marshfield detectives. Uh, Lieutenant Chris Jones, who's here today, was part of that, along with uh, our detective division. And uh, we had uh, two underage persons uh, working with us that would go around uh, to every single package store and every single uh, restaurant and pouring establishment and attempt to purchase alcohol they were stopped and denied at every single right. establishment. All right. So, you know. I get kited at Roach Brothers for crying out loud. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> that's what we want. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so we're real proud of that, uh, uh, that uh, they're doing the responsible thing and making sure that um, nice. alcohol isn't falling into the hands of uh, underage people. Nice We've to had hear. way too yeah. many tragedies here in town, yeah. alcohol-related tragedies, yeah. uh, one of them being the social host law. Uh, with Gregory Smith, uh, who unfortunately passed away uh, up on Summer Street uh, after coming from a, a, um, a party where there was underage uh, uh. drinking in, in another community. And as a result of that, the social host law uh, came uh, was passed. So you don't have to purchase alcohol and give it to anybody. Uh, okay. Uh, if, if, as long as you're aware, the underage person could bring it onto your property. Yeah. And uh, as long as you're aware and you allow it, um, yeah, you're, you're violating the social host law. Okay, and okay. not only are there severe criminal penalties for that, but uh, God forbid that uh, something happened, you'd face uh, 
civil penalties as well. Yeah, I mean, that's negligence for warm-ups, basically. Wow. Yeah, Absolutely. And I tell hey, listen, yeah. it's not worth your house. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth risking somebody's life. Yeah. You know, the Marshfield it's Police... Too, it's too bad you have to have laws for common sense things, don't you? But that's just the way it is, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, no matter how many times, uh, you know, we've gone over this, and no matter how many times, you know, we, we hear uh, things like, oh, oh you know, uh, they're going to do it anyway. I'd rather have them do it at my house. I'm taking their keys. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so... If you can guarantee they're not going to get out of the house... Or, or die of a vodka overdose, basically. Well, and yeah. we've seen sexual assaults as a result yeah. of people being you yeah. know, intoxicated yeah. Yeah. and, you know, things happening with, uh, you know, the sleepovers. And we've seen fights and destruction of property. We've seen people, you know, climb out a window. Um, you, know, you just saw somebody was passed out in the street and hang them. Yeah. Right in the middle of the road. And, uh, you know, that was... Uh, great that uh, the Uber driver or Lyft driver uh, came across him uh, before somebody uh, had run him yeah. over. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Hey, Tim, we're, we're close enough for a break. Anything else? No, I thank think you for that. Just a little piece. All right, let's do it, Tim. Okay. Mm-hmm.